0: Hey, what's going on, guys? We got another episode of the Strange Road. I'm your host, Mikey, and of course, as always, the co-host, Bub. Bub, how you doing tonight? Great, doing great. You ready great. for this? Yes. Awesome, dude. And as always, tonight we have Stoner and Disborough and Master Control. Yeah, fellas, what's happening? Uh, it's actually feeling nice and cool in here tonight. Feels good. for once the Captain summer Earth is open. Yes. So those guys, hopefully, are not burning up there. They are in Master Control. Yeah thank you guys so much always making everything look and sound great of course and you guys can follow us on instagram tiktok and twitter at the strange road the facebook group the strange road hitchhikers is rocking and rolling don't forget about that strange road merch portal just opened up the merch store. Yeah. And that's the strange road We got it linked everywhere, all over the place, and social media. Uh, some of you guys may have uh, noticed that we launched that with DA Roberts uh, yeah. not too long ago. So um, <clears throat> go and get your merch, great uh, holiday gifts you know, birthday gifts, whatever, support the show. Um, we love you guys, appreciate everything you guys do. Um, and also these live streams and, and premieres are all ad free. Another great way to support the shows with super stickers and super chats, um, and sharing, liking, subscribing there on YouTube. Uh, if you like these episodes, share it to your friends, your cousins, your grandma. It's I important. mean, we, we try not to curse too much. So. We're I, pretty I, good I about it. I think you could send an app to your grandma, and she might enjoy it.
1: I think I could get this past my grandma. Absolutely. So uh,
0: if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, wherever that might be, rate us. Give us that five-star rating that we we really, really does help the show. And, uh, again, share that episode if you're a listener in the audio. We've, we, we, we've got growth in New Zealand, in Australia, in yeah. Japan, and uh, a lot of places. Uh, we're charting a little bit in Sweden now, um, the U.K., Canada, so – Hey, I don't get it, but I love it. All of you guys, we love it, and of course, all of our listeners right here in our hometown in Ohio represent, uh, and all over the U.S., Um, new places, new cities, new towns are always popping up. So, appreciate the hell out of all you guys. Um, I'm not going to waste much time tonight. There you go. Um, Let's welcome to the show Bigfoot researcher and featured on several documentary series and documentaries, uh, including Sasquatch: A Search for Sabe and the Small Town Monster series. Beyond the Trail. Let's
2: welcome All right. Tate
0: Hieronymus, everybody. Tate, what is up, dude? How are you doing tonight?
2: What is up? Man? I kind of look like Bruce Wayne coming out from the shadows right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> Tate, tell everybody what you're in and what is behind you because this is great. This is like right here. This is legit.
2: I'm in a house within a house. I'm, uh, I got this new hunting blind that uh, I really been wanting to get, and I have it set up in my room, and I'm inside it. So he's in
0: just <laughs> a hunting blind, ladies and gentlemen, inside his his office in hey. his in his in his apartment house, and Doing uh, a little R and D. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're gonna take this <laughs> yeah. out into the field and hang out for Sasquatch hunting, or you hunting deer, or this is for your Bigfoot research.
2: Yeah, it's for the Bigfoot stuff, and. Uh, my a buddy of mine has one. That's the reason I really wanted to get one because like we we've been utilizing it and it's pretty cool. So wow, like I can get used to this. So it's a pretty cool space. It looks awesome. Like I want to go hang out in there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so cool because you can see out, but you can't see in. It. So it's like you could be giving somebody the bird or something. And they <laughs> have no
0: idea. They have no idea. It's like the two way mirrors, you know. And the, yeah. <laughs> it really and the, is. Yeah, yeah, like. uh <laughs> In those yeah. rooms where they're trying to put you under pressure. Oh, yeah.
1: Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, the interrogation room. Yes. Yeah.
0: Bingo. Now, Tate, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started down this path, where we can find you. Uh, fill us in a little bit, man.
2: Man. So, yeah, the, the path that I got started down, that's a weird one. You know, just I think kind of has been drawn towards like the weird and abnormal kind of thing, you know, and. Kind of growing up, I was like the armchair type of researcher for the longest time and uh, moved around a lot. And so it wasn't like until trying to think of the year, I want to say like 2014, we uh, I moved to California and I was like, okay, this is the, you know, just Northern California is the birthplace of Bigfoot, basically. Right, so, right. You know, I just started making plans to go up there and finally went up there and just really just that's where my kind of bigfooting career took off. Getting up in the woods finally for the first time, like actually out there into legit woods, not mm-hmm. like Midwest Iowa woods or Mexico, but no like legit forest. So that's kind of, you know, just kind of doing that. And the PG film was the other thing that really got me kind of interested in the, the whole Bigfoot subject. I think I remember like watching Monster Quest like way back in the day, yeah. And seeing like the the episode where it was showing the Patterson Gimlin film, and I was yep. like, Dude, "This is this is so cool." And I I probably watched the Patterson Gimlin film on YouTube maybe, oh, a billion times. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, over exaggeration for for sure, but no, that was the. Um, the Patterson-Gimlin film was like the the big thing that really got me into the whole the whole uh, topic. And then, I, like I said, moving to California, actually getting out there, really feel that even more being in the location that it happened. So I was like, this is so cool. So I was like, yeah, that's kind of where my journey kind of took me. Just being weird, liking abnormal things. Patterson-Gimlin, California, it's a mixture of the... It's a perfect storm, if if you will, and so, but yeah, and then like where you can find me is that I have a Instagram, um, called uh, Search for Sabe. It's from my YouTube series. I'm gonna post all my investigation stuff there and everything because I do have a personal Instagram, but I'm kind of a weirdo. I have like this unspoken rule: if I haven't met you yet, don't mm-hmm. follow me, kind of thing. I just it's weird.
0: Don't bro me but, if like, you don't know
1: me. Very much, yeah,
2: because like you, know, you never know, there's a bunch of weird people out there and stuff. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying everybody person. is, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a private person that likes to be public, and I know that's like doesn't make any sense, but like I have other Instagrams or platforms you can reach me on, just not the personal Instagram one, so absolutely, but, and then yeah, I have um. My Facebook, which I don't really—I'm more relaxed on Facebook, so anybody can send me a request there. And then uh, I have my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Tate Hieronymus. So, um, those are those are my socials. I'm I'm rarely on Twitter, but I do have it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where you can find me as those kind of social media outlets.
0: Fantastic! We have all those linked in the description for you guys. If you want to go connect with Tate, and you want to go check out in search of Sabe and his YouTube channel, go do that. Um, support everything he's doing. Um, you know, one reason, one how reason we connected is um, there was a potential Bigfoot expedition with our buddy Jeremiah from Bigfoot Society, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of connected on Instagram. And I was trying to make it work to come out and hang out with you guys on this expedition in Iowa. But you had already been out in the field leading up to that. So can you tell us a little bit about that whole kind of double expedition or I don't know how many places you you went to, Um, but tell us a little bit about that. A few months back, you kind of had a big adventure.
2: So, yeah, originally because I, you know, every time I go out to, uh, well, since I live in Florida now currently. Uh, I usually drive out to where I want to go because I don't. I want to take all my gear with me, so uh, I try to go to Bluff Creek annually. So I drove out to Bluff Creek, and then I always like try to hit up Iowa if I can because I'm from the Midwest originally. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, and cool. I lived in Des Moines, Iowa, for a few years. So and I found a place there that I thought was pretty cool. So I had to put it on the list. So, but yeah, we went to um, we went to Bluff Creek, and we were going to do this. Uh, Crazy hike that I had an idea of doing. It was going to be from the Bluff Creek Bridge, like the famous Bluff Creek sign that you see, like with pictures of Bob Gimlin Mm -hmm. and everything. We were going to start from there, and that's at the Klamath River. And we were going to hike from there up to the Patterson Gimlin site, which I think is like 18 miles. Um, and we knew that first section of the hike was going to be hard, and we kind of we already had like sections of the hike mapped out like how far we need to go and this and that we had like plans for resupply and drop off and everything like that and we started the hike and we barely made it a mile and we had to turn around because it was so bad wow we were we were boulder hopping and we were crossing the creek that was like up to our waist at some points wow um it's uh and it was like it was not just a babbling brook, it was actual rapids in a Creek, which Hmm. is, it's, it's not a river, it's a Creek and there's rapids. So it was a miracle. None of us got hurt. And, you know, I'm glad, um, my really good or my good buddy, Kit moral, um, part of the bluff Creek project. He was with us on his hike and he was the one who suggested we actually turn around and stay. And I think some of us were kind of feeling like we, we want to do it. But like when we would sit down, we would feel our bodies like, mm. the toll, the physical toll that we took, you know, put them through. And yeah, we were like, yeah, that, that's a good idea. So Kip, Kip really strongly suggested it and we went along with it. And we were glad we did because man, if we kept going, we could have we could have broken an ankle or something. It mm-hmm. could have been bad. Yeah. But, so yeah, that there was that whole thing. Um so Unfortunately, we didn't meet our goal. So, but you know, it's an experience uh, I'll never forget. <laughs> so we we ended up staying at Bluff Creek for like I think two more weeks. And then we went down to Southern California, and we actually we were camping near a spot that I had something happen. You know, uh, I think in 2016 I filmed something on a thermal imager. We were camping in that area, and we happened to be there for, like, the first hurricane to make landfall in 80 years in California. What? Nice. So so we didn't really get hit by a lot of wind. It was just a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during that whole thing, we're, like, hanging out in the Jeep and truck, and we're just, like, drinking and stuff, just having a good time, just waiting the weather out. And my Jeep starts shaking, and then my buddy's truck starts shaking. And then one of my friends is on the ground and we're all looking at each other like, dude, I think there's an earthquake happening right now. Wow. And it was a pretty good sizable earthquake. And it lasted for, it lasted long enough for us to like think about what was happening and then talk to each other and figure out what was happening. Wow. And so I was like, Man, we really have lived right now. We were (laughs) camping in a hurricane, and we just lived through an earthquake. Wow.
1: Yeah. You you know
0: where my mind went, though, when he said that?
1: What? was a Sasquatch (laughs) shaking the Jeep. first thing. First thing. (laughs) And
0: then I'm like, I wasn't expecting you to say earthquake. Right. That's that's wild. You know, funny, real quick, funny segue. We actually did an episode with a gentleman in India, and during the recording and live stream of our episode, he had an earthquake in India and had to move his camera and computer outside because Just there were, yeah, it was Just really small, small but it, that <laughs> definitely happened. So there you go. Oh God. Earthquake stories, baby. Uh, man, that's crazy. So uh, you guys, what did you guys do after that? How long were you in, in that area?
2: So we were, we were in the Southern California area for like only, I think total we were there for maybe three days, but we only camped at my spot for a couple of days one of the days we spent was in the rain because of the hurricane so we couldn't do anything so we, it was like until the next day we barely had like a day and you know i wasn't expecting a hurricane to be happening when i planned this trip months in advance mm-hmm. so so that really set us back a day but you know we we ended up the next day it was like really nice and beautiful and we actually went up to the site where I had my sighting and we did a whole, we we filmed and stuff up there. And uh, this is kind of funny because we were out there and, you know, like anybody who's been like traveling for um, that long of a time over that great of a distance across the United States. Mm-hmm. And then you're like spending each night till two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Being awake or even longer, that takes a toll on your body.
1: Oh yeah. So,
2: so we were gonna like we were gonna like we ate food that night. And we were gonna like take a nap, like a twenty minute nap, and then go walk the road. We we ended up sleeping for three hours. Yeah. And then we woke up and it's like, dude, it's two in the morning. So we almost didn't do anything because we we're just like, I'm just done with this. This weather has killed me. I'm mm-hmm. it took the wind out of my sails. You know, I was like, you know what? We're here. Let's just do it. So we ended we ended up walking the road and trying some stuff. And then after we got back get this, I think I was just getting settled in bed in my car and there was a, like another earthquake.
1: Hmm. Jeez. I'm
2: like, dude, that's the second earthquake I've felt since we've been here. So that's pretty wild. Um, but no, like, yeah. We, so we did that and then it was the next day we were heading towards Iowa because um, we were going to meet up. I think you were uh, potentially were going to meet us there with mm-hmm. Jeremiah. And so we drove out to Iowa. It took us two and a half days, something like that, to get there. And so we got there. We met up with um, Jeremiah Byron, who you guys know from Bigfoot Society. Yep. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a cool he's a cool dude. Yeah. So we, we met up with him. It was me, Ron and um jeremiah and then um ontario richardson she's a bfr investigator in iowa and she's pretty cool that was the first time i met her so she joined us Then i had a couple friends of ours that really actually weren't bigfooters at all but they were just good friends of mine and then uh, they decided to come and hang out with us so we had some stuff we did some stuff out there. Um, I don't want to say too much of what happened cause I'm currently working on that episode sure. of the the series, but I mean, some, you know, I think it was a good time there. And, uh, if anybody has seen the previous Iowa episode that I was with Jeremiah out there, we had some stuff happen. So, and I think this, this particular area in Iowa is, it's a really good spot. And I, uh, You know, I I don't think they're there all the time, in my opinion. I I think Iowa is really, like, a seasonal type of place for Bigfoot activity. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be more in, like, Minnesota area, like, further north. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if they're going to come down south, they're going to go to, like, the Ozarks or something like that.
0: Yeah, lots of cryptid activity, period, down there. The Ozarks has got so – the Ozark Howler and Bigfoot and Dogmen and – yeah, that's a lot of work. All kinds of
2: all all kinds of things. Yeah, and like Ozarks are pretty pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So what but part but, of Iowa? I mean, you know, a lot of people obviously Iowa's a huge states. So of course, there's going to be, but people think of cornfields. They think of big open farmlands. Give us a little picture of, like, what type of area in Iowa this is. Are we talking, like, kind of hilly and river valleys, lots of forests, state parks? So, or?
2: yeah, uh, I'm trying not to say I – don't, I don't like to say the name of the place sure, right now because sure. we just – we keep it, you know, since we're still actively investigating it. Totally. Um, and that's the problem with, the, like, the more you gain popularity in the Bigfoot subject, the more people are going to try and find the place because they want to mm-hmm. be there sure the same thing so but the the landscape you know it it's your typical like kind of midwest country rural uh, type of environment kind of hilly but then you have like those forested areas too on top of that mm-hmm. and so it's kind of a mixture between that it's a lot thicker than you would think when you get back in there and uh it's a decent sized forest for the area then you know if you when you look at Iowa, and the reason I said I think Iowa is a seasonal area for Bigfoot activity is because there's not very many forests there. And if they, are, you know, if there are, they're not, they're big enough, but they're not big for something to stay in there for a long period of time. So, I mean, they're not going to hang around there for six months out of the year. You know, that's a bit or a really small area mm-hmm. for something to hang around that long that could possibly leave tracks are get discovered a lot quicker than if it was like in the Ozarks or further north in Minnesota or Canada or something like that. It makes sense. But kind of, kind of hilly, you know, forested for sure, some ponds here and there. Kind of your Midwest typical, you know, forest camping park kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. that's kind of the environment. Lots of ticks. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, it's been a tick problem all over this year. Not a fan. It's been crazy in Ohio. I know we've Southern Ohio. It's been ridiculous. Yeah, There's tick tick warnings in every state park this summer.
2: No, I I hate ticks, man. They scare me. Snakes, yeah. poisonous snakes and ticks scare me the most. <laughs> I'm with, like, with you, yeah. Co- cottonmouth and rattlesnakes. They which Iowa does have. I'm not a fan, not a fan (laughs) Uh, or ticks, man. I don't want to get that Lyme disease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I I did, I did think about like trying to build up an immunity to snake bites. We kind of, we kind of sweet. (laughs)
1: That'd be a metal move. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> whew, depending on what kind of, yeah. I mean, I know that there have been uh, some, um, what, like entomologists or, you know, insect studies done where the guy was like, you know, I'm going to sting myself with this insect and that one. And he, like, literally built up a resistance yeah. to certain venoms and stings could, just by exposing himself to it. You know, he yeah. built up enough, but eh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> could, you, could
2: you Could you imagine that you're immune to snake bites? But your buddy's with you and he gets bit. <laughs> and you're like, well, sucks for you.
1: Yeah. Sorry <laughs> you didn't train hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Some of those venoms, too, are really nasty. You know,
2: the oh man, like, you know what? No, I'm actually just joking, but like, I thought it would be kind of cool though. Like, if for some reason I did do that, you know, like that would be like a really handy thing to have like an immunity built up to snake bites like that. Cause if you're walking at way out in the woods and you get bit by a rattlesnake and you're, you're not done. like immune, you're done. Yep. But yeah, if you are yeah. like, if you built up an immunity to that, then you have nothing to worry about. Sure. You're going to feel some pain, but
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: you're not going to die.
0: Right. You're going to live. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about was your experience working with Small Town Monsters. Shout out to them. They're an Ohio documentary film crew. Um, If if you guys don't know, uh, go check out Small Town Monsters. All the stuff they're doing on YouTube, but they make documentaries that are on Amazon. Um, But their series, uh, Beyond the Trail, I know you were featured on that. Um, How was it working with those guys? And Did you guys come across... Uh, any evidence while you were on that show and, uh, and working with that
2: series? They're some of the most unpleasant people to work with. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Dude>. It's
1: like <laughs> bad blood.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, funny. it's great. <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, Alex Alex and Eli, they're, they're fun dudes to hang out with. And, um, I'm in a group chat with Alex and um, – so he, he's always fun to talk with, but the, yeah, I uh, what was, they're going to, I think they were wanting to go out to the, you know, to the bluff Creek. And I told them you know, I always go every year. So it was I'm trying to think what year. Oh, it was 20, 2021. Yes. 2021. We went out to bluff Creek. Um, I met them in Southern California. And from there, Where did I meet them? Yeah, Southern California. We we met in Santa Barbara. And from there, we drove up. We went through San Francisco. We stayed someplace just like it was so weird. We get up to like the Redwoods area. Sorry. (laughs) We, uh, We found like some neighborhood road, and we just camped there in our cars. And it was funny because like people were driving up, like, who? Hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, I was like, we're just camping here. We're just that's we're not doing anything, and they're like fine with it. And so, but no, we we uh, we finally we get up to uh, where was it? Eureka, and uh, we meet up with Bobo, and Bobo's like, oh, there's this uh, there's this potential Bigfoot sighting I want to go check out in Willow Creek. So we all kind of followed Bobo out there and met with the people on the on the on their land. Uh I, I don't know. I don't really think anything Bigfoot related happened. Although she was like saying she was hearing sounds and stuff. I, I couldn't really put you know I couldn't really say for sure she did see one or not or hear one, but mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Um so we met up with Bobo and after that um We were driving out, we got out to almost near Laos camp. I can't remember what time it was. It was like, it was, um, what time was it? It was like eight or nine, something like that. And we're kind of, cause I'm driving like a, I'm driving like a truck to get in there and Eli and Alex are in like a tiny Toyota Corolla. (laughs) So And then there's this part of the road that's pretty bad with like the rocks because there's like a rock slide and the rocks are pretty sharp. So we're kind of getting out, clearing some of these bigger rocks so he doesn't get a flat. And we're tossing the rocks down into the creek below us to our left. And up to our right is where the old road is above on the ridge. And it's just a slope of like rocks and dirt and everything. And as we're tossing rocks down, Alex is like, did you guys hear that? And Eli and I are like, nope, we didn't hear anything. Then Eli picks up a rock, throws it, and all of a sudden rocks start coming down from the top of the ridge at us. So Alex books it one way, then I book it the other way with Eli. And I thought I saw I shine, and so I'm trying to get my flare to like scan up there, but I can't see anything. And as we're looking up, at the, at the top of the ridge where all this stuff came from, we hear something in the creek below us walking away. And it was so weird because it, it, it felt so coordinated. Like we're throwing something down there, terrorizing something, then something above us was trying to get our attention. Mm, yeah. So whatever was below mm. us could get away. And so that was very, mm. very weird. Right. And then just the, the whole trip um, – to Bluff Creek that year in 2021, you know, I've been going there since 20 2015 and out of all the times I've been going there, that's definitely been the most activity I've ever had for potential Bigfoot related stuff. Um, because like in Laird Meadow, we had something thrown at us. We were hearing knocks that night. Um, Ron's my buddy, Ron Reed, his dog bandit, um, they went up the road from Laos Kent to where the Jerry crew incident site was where like the log, you know, the spools of logging wire were getting thrown into the Creek and the you know, things of oil drums. And then Ron's dog started acting really weird, like tucking his tail between his legs and just not, it was kind of weird. But and what's strange is that dog, that dog has hiked the whole Appalachian trail with Ron and he's been in Bigfoot territory, bear territory, but for some reason, he was just, like, freaked out. And, like, Ken Gearhart was there with a bunch of other people. All the Creek, all the Bluff Creek Project guys were there. Myself, Alex, and Eli, Jonathan Easley. There was, like, a ton of people there. And then Alex gets back to camp with everybody. And he's talking to Bandit, seeing how Bandit's doing. That poor dog. <laughs> and then apparently Alex hears a whoop that none of us heard and you can, you can hear it on the audio. So yeah, that was just kind of weird, but you know, we did, we went up to Oregon after that up in Portland, met up with cliff and um, that was a cool, cool thing. And cliff gave us a couple of cool spots to go to. So we went out there and then I did those two episodes and then I worked with them again uh, last year. We did like, We did like uh, several spots in Florida, then a Georgia spot. And then I did another one recently with Alex, just him and I um, over here in the Naples area of Florida. So I've, I've done a lot of work with them and, you know, it's always fun. You never know what you're going to get into. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. (laughs) We have, we, we have fun. if. If people saw what went on behind the camera, (laughs) we would get canceled so fast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. Shenanigans. Yeah. Before we started recording, uh, I was asking you a little bit about, uh, you know, in Ohio, we have the Ohio Grassman in Florida. You know, you guys are kind of known for the skunk ape. And tell us a little bit about those regions of Florida that are hot spots, because you were talking about several different areas in Florida that are are kind of different in their own way.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird because, like, if you've been to, like, Georgia or something, like northern Florida, like up in the Panhandle, it's kind of more like that terrain where it's a little more dry. It's not as swampy. Uh, but the further south you go, it gets a little more swampier. And, like, Ocala, it's kind of – it's really sandy and it's not as bad. It's kind of like the Panhandle area. But then you get closer to Tampa, it you know gets more swampy, but it's less forested because you got like Tampa there. Mm -hmm. And then there's not much forest between Tampa and then the coast, like on the east coast towards the ocean. I don't know what ocean that is, but so and then when you get down towards like Miami, in between like Miami and Naples, you got the Everglades. So that's even that's just even more wet and a lot less limited area for things to go um so i mean i personally think like ocala is the better bet for potential activity for something to be in just because um there's a lot more places to walk around where it's not as wet you don't have to be wading through water snake infested in gator water and stuff like that whereas like down here where i'm at that's all it is mm. there's only there's like some roads and trails that are like high enough that's out of the water that's really about it But I mean, like, well, because when I was with Alex and Eli doing the Beyond the Trail episode down here in my area, well, we did hear a knock and we're pretty confident there was nobody else out there doing knocks because literally, like I said, there's one road into this place we were at and we drove it and we didn't see anybody. And then we were on this other road walking it and there was still nobody there. So unless somebody like waded through the creek or through the swamp at night with no lights and we didn't see them, they knocked. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were knocking to our knock that we did. That's just, it's kind of doesn't make sense to me. I I, I mean, sure, that could be a possibility. I'm not throwing it out the window, but it's very unlikely. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they are here. It just, but like, I think the population are actually pretty low. So the chances of finding them are pretty slim. The oldest
0: skunk ape. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's stupid things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was the, uh, I mean, have you had anything or, or experienced anything in your time of doing this that? Because uh, I mean, I think you're you're probably a believer at this point. But was there anything that kind of jumped out at you that was like, okay, I know this is real now?
2: My or are you thermal still searching?
0: Siding. Okay, okay.
2: My th- yeah, my thermal sighting was a big one. You know, it's funny because I um, I literally just got a FLIR and it was like the cheap. It was like the FLIR Scout TK. If you look that up. It's like five hundred dollars on Amazon. The range is like three hundred feet. You know, it's like as far as like the max distance you can see with it. And we were in this uh, area in Southern California that um, we had the hurricane and earthquake happen that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So we were out there. uh, It was just me and a buddy. This was like twenty sixteen. It was like October 2016, so we're just out there hanging out, and um, I can I think it was like nine o'clock at night. We already had camp set up, and like at this point, I'm still kind of like nervous being in the dark because if you don't do a lot of, if you don't spend a lot of time camping, people who don't do it can get pretty nervous, nerve wracking. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: Bring a headlamp. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Go get yourself a. Blue and diamond.
2: so, I was kind of like. Oh, man, I'm kind of getting freaked out. My buddy was like, oh, you're just overthinking it. So I was like, okay, whatever. So we're just drinking beers and hanging out. Then we're like, let's just go do some stuff and see if we hear anything. Not expecting to hear anything at all. And um, we literally probably walked five minutes down this ridge from our car on this trail. And I do a knock, but this the knock that I did was not a good knock it didn't really carry because I did it on like this dead tree and so I was like well I'll just do a couple whoops I did one whoop down the mountain and another whoop the opposite side over the ridge and we're just kind of sitting there talking you know uh, just whispering to each other and all of a sudden I hear a whoop back that sounded just like my initial one and then we walked up the trail where we came from because there was like this little ridge on top of it or on top there was like this little uh, trail on top of the ridge where we could see both sides so we went up to that and then we're looking and then way off in the distance we see like lights but we see something else that looks like eyes and i swear to you man they look like car tires from the distance we were at they were Jeez so em. big hmm. and we were thinking this has got to be like 50 60 feet away and then, I—that's when I actually take the, took out or took up my uh, thermal camera and started filming the thing. But for people who have never used a thermal camera, the, your first time, it's kind of hard to see what you're looking at through mm-hmm. one of those things. It's so weird, and I could not see the thing through the thermal imager. And I'm like flipping through the filters. If you actually watch the video. You'll actually see me flipping through the filters, but we had our headlamps on, which is the reason we were seeing eye shine too. So I put the flare down to see if I could see it. I still see the eye shine, and then I bring it back up and start recording. And at the end of the video, this thing stands up. Hmm. But the whole time I'm, re- I'm relying on my buddy's viewpoint. He's like, "Dude, it's it's gone." And so I think what happened is. As it stood up, he said it was gone, and then we turned around and walked back to the car. And I shouldn't have done that, because when I got home and watched the video the next day, I saw the thing stand up. It was so bizarre. Hmm. And so this, which, and it, it was weird, because, like, this thing made a conscience, or, or it made a physical effort to respond to my call. And then as we're walking the ridge, it was staring at us. It made us before we made it which is the weird thing. And so this thing already knew where we were before we saw it. And then the fact that we were trying to rule out every different possibility of what animal this could be because it wasn't it wasn't a bear, it wasn't a deer, definitely was not a human playing tricks on us. Um it it's it wasn't an owl because this we determined this thing was about 300 feet away and you see a full silhouette thing stand up and if that was a bird or something that had to be a pretty big bird um so it it, it doesn't really make sense that it was another other animal and I had a couple other people come out there with me I had my buddy Jonathan easily go out there and he was he was kind of skeptical of of it and he gets out there and he actually sees the area and he's like dude this I think this is legit and a couple other people I've taken out there have said the same thing so far. So, hmm. you know, and, and to me, like, it's not, the video is not damning. It's definitely like one of those classic blob squatch videos. But if you, if you were there, if you see the area in person, then you watch the video and then you hear my testimony with my friend's testimony who was with me, then it paints a bigger picture and yeah. then it makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. For That's sure. where I'm at. I can't watch another sure. video. We just got to get out there and just let me see something. Oh, you know, we were For in yourself? southern we were in southern yeah. Ohio a few weeks back, and we got a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. We were hanging out, little team building weekend, and you know, pretty squatchy out there. We were middle of nowhere. It was you know a bit great weather, and we're just like, come on now, yeah, somebody come visit us. Let's go.
1: Couldn't get any takers.
2: No. We were we're trying to bring the aliens in, trying to bring in the squatches. They didn't want to come hang out. No, and that's – you know, it's funny because, like, the whole time on Bluff Creek, you weren't really getting too much happening. And it's funny because, like, I know they're real from personal experience, right? Like, you know the wind is real when you see the leaves blowing on a tree. You know, just because there's a day – or a couple of days that you don't have any wind, you don't stop believing the wind is fake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So idea. it's like, just because <laughs> you don't have any Bigfoot activity for like a whole month. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not real. It just means they're probably not in the area. Cause if you're camping in like the PNW, especially it's a huge area. I mean, it could be anywhere. So it's like, it's funny. Cause I was talking to my buddy, Ron, who was with me the whole trip. And we we're like thinking like, Dude, sometimes you just wonder if these things are real, but then you go back to the personal experience you had and you realize, no, I'm just being stupid. They're real, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's it's a weird kind of thing. But then you like you're always second guessing yourself. Like, am I out here chasing my own tail? You know? Sure,
0: I bet. Yeah, I know what you mean.
2: So yeah. it's it's you you really
0: start second guessing yourself sometimes. I mean, I've gone back and forth with Bigfoot, especially, where I for years I've always believed, and then I got kind of squirrely and kind of you know a a lot more skeptical. And but until we started up the show, I'm a believer again. Oh yeah. I, I need to see it for myself still. I've never
1: seen anything.
0: I want to know about the interdimensional, the you know, like D.A. Roberts and those guys are like all it's physical in nature um you know there are kind of some creepy stories but you know this thing's an animal uh, yeah. a, a lot of their uh take is that it's you know there's different kind of varieties but it's what they can prove right
1: yeah um that too
0: and you know everybody kind of has their own theories which is i think is the most fun part about it is you know, people see orbs with Sasquatch, they see UFOs with Sasquatch, they see there's all predator, these Sasquatch. predator Sasquatch from here in Lima, yeah. Ohio. Um, you know, we grew up right outside of Lima
2: where that happened, true. Um, and it's, it's funny you said orbs because like I've never seen anything like that before, yeah. And then when I, it was actually during a Beyond the Trail episode, it was Stacy Brown, myself, um. Alex and Eli, a couple, uh, a couple other buddies. RPG, who was he was like in the first episode of Expedition Bigfoot, but he was also one of the, like he was a producer on Finding Bigfoot, and he was there. And it was a guy named James Brost. Forgetting the other guy's name right now, but there, there was like, there was a big group of us there, and so I think what we did when we got to the spot that Stacy was taking us to, we had. Alex, Eli, and Stacy walk up the road ahead of us with lights on. And then me and James Brost and RPG, we walked behind them five minutes later with lights out. And I kid you not, like five minutes from the car, clear, baseball, pristine type wood knock off to our left, loud, stopped us in our tracks. We're like, what the heck? And we kind of listened for a minute, and then we decided to keep walking. And then off to our right, same exact knock sound. Two different locations. Do like, what the heck? Stopped stop the to, center stop to our tracks again. And we did not have audio going, because I swear to God, those are the cleanest, loudest knocks I've ever heard in my life. Mm. Um, and so we eventually met up with Stacy, um, Alex, and Eli. And there was actually a couple other people down the road where they were. And so we were telling them what happened. And so, and then, you know, we talked a little bit and then we ended up reversing the roles where we walked back with our headlights on or our, you know, our headlamps on. It was, so as me, RPG and James still. So we walked back first and then Alex, Eli and Stacy walked back after us. And so we get back to the cars and we're kind of hanging out there. We just, we turn the lights off. And me and James are talking as we're waiting on the other guys to show up. And we see this bright blue ball of light kind of like dashing in between the trees. And we have that on audio. And you can hear that in the Beyond the Trail episode for that uh, uh, particular thing. I can't remember what episode it was. But you can hear me and James go at the same time like, whoa, did, did you see that? And we're like, yeah. It was the weirdest thing. I've never seen an orb in my life, and then I felt like one of those people that claim to have seen Bigfoot. But when you tell right. what, when you tell people what you saw, they, you sound crazy saying it.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: well, we had
0: Travis Roy from Giants of Ancient America, who's kind of a Giants researcher historian, but mm -hmm. goes out in the woods a lot. And he started having Sasquatch experiences and captured video and photo of these blue orbs, green orbs, but prevalently blue. And, you know, again, it's like these blurry little blobs of light on video. It's right. it's kind of just like – it's tough to, to really tell. Yeah. You know, several times he's seen um, these Sasquatch and orb phenomenon kind of all happening at the same time. And that's just kind of, you know, going out there and hiking where, where he's from.
1: Yeah. Well, and like you said too, it's like, you know, it's not something I would have thought I would have seen or it's tough to explain or whatever. I... Well, it's not like seeing a bear. People have seen a bear. We know how to corroborate those. Yeah. You know, when you're having these unique experiences and you're seeing something, again, totally new, it's going to probably freak you out. And that, that's why I think a lot of people and, and why I've bought into the Sasquatch in general is people don't generally have that strong of a feeling towards something that is uh, a, a, a witnessed animal before. Yeah, like it's not that impactful if you see a bear. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's neat, but you're not going to go home, you know, having nightmares and your hair's not going to turn gray (laughs) over
0: overnight. And, you know, people get really disturbed after they see Bigfoot. Yeah. It changes them. Yeah. Especially. It's just
2: weird. Yeah. It's weird how that does change somebody like, oh man, I I could never sleep again and never go camping. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's funny because you talk to normal, like I say, okay, normal people. People who live for Bigfoot are not normal. No. <laughs> and, yeah, that's but, my kind
1: and, of normal though. I know what you're talking about. Exactly, and that's my kind of normal. Exactly.
2: It's it's just funny because you like you talk to normal people like who are hunters or just people going out to go for an evening hike and they see these things and they get freaked out. Like, oh, I'm never going in the forest again. I have nightmares. Yeah. But then you talk to like people who actually go out looking for these things. It's like maybe there's something that's not registering registering in our brain that this doesn't happen and shouldn't happen and we go out and look for the same thing that people try to avoid yeah right? normal people yeah. try
1: to avoid. yeah well hunters i think hunters go out there and they get a little freaked out because they start wondering one are they possibly going to shoot one
0: well are
1: they going to get are they possibly going to get attacked by one and also the concern like hunters you know stories of possibly shooting Sasquatch or Bigfoots before and then thinking, oh, my God, I've killed a person. Like, we've talked about that mm-hmm. before a couple of times. Like, there's some really weird scenarios. So I could see being a hunter if you were out there and, like, say you either had it in your scope or we've heard people have those conversations before and, like, just that might make you go, okay, I'm good. I don't need to go out of here and hunt anymore. I'd still probably go out in the woods. I just probably wouldn't, you know, provoke them <laughs> in that nature. I mm-hmm. just put the weapon down.
2: Yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, you know, it's funny. I It's not that I don't tent camp. Um, I do tent camp, but I like car camping more if I can because it's not that I'm worried a bear's going to get me or anything. But at the same time, it's that false sense of security that you yeah. have something, a nylon shelter protecting you. What's You're fooling yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're it's, at least going to have to make them work a little harder to get you in a car.
2: Yeah. And so it's like, but either way, it's still scary to camp in like an area and sure. Maybe bears are scary because you might have a rogue bear or just some crazy mountain lion, but not that I think Bigfoot's going to hurt me. It's more of the mindset and thinking like there is a eight to nine foot tall ape man walking on two legs with hands that looks like a giant ass human, right? it could break in to, half. Yeah. And it's like pushing on my tent. And I'm like, I'm freaking the hell out right now. That's. And so I can't tell like what's scarier is like being in a tent that doesn't protect you at all, but you can't see it. Or being in a car with windows that you can see it. Oh. But it can't get
1: you. Jurassic park. Yeah,
0: man, it's really
2: like it's really a double edged sword if you think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, unless you got some serious tinted windows, that's maybe that's the move. Tint out your no, jeep. but even that's oh, the you can problem. still see out, that's right.
2: No, no, but even with it, like even if it's like you were to put like uh well, shades or whatever, like uh on your windows where you can't see in or out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The scary part is that something's rocking your jeep or car back and forth,
1: you know, yeah yeah I know I'm good it's, without that.
2: It's like you don't you don't you can't you can't win ever with that at all. Either something's gonna kill you through your tent, or you're gonna hear it really loud or something you're gonna see it through your windows of your jeep or something's gonna be rocking your car while yeah. you're in it
0: and before that you're gonna probably have signs before that even happens of some activity to where they know that you're there and they don't want you there. Yeah. So if you're, oh camping, God. there's probably some stuff already happening. They're not just going to, they're going to give you some chances. At least yeah, a lot point. of those stories of when they start chasing people down, you hear, you know, amateur bigfooters go out. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. And then all of a sudden they get up into this territory and next thing you know, they're surrounded and they're pushing them out of that area and they're just scared completely to death.
1: Yeah.
2: And you would, you would hope they would give you some kind of like warning. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe that's their new way of messing with you. Just not to tell you they're coming through. Yeah. Like <laughs> stupid person. And am to go mess with them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> coming like a wrecking ball.
2: Yeah. Oh, like coming in like a Miley Cyrus.
1: Oh yeah. Man.
2: <laughs> coming in like Taylor Swift in the NFL. Like shut up. Oh, man. Actually, that, that makes no sense. That makes no sense.
0: Oh, man. There's so much weird stuff happening right now. Pop culture.
1: There's a lot I of mean, strange. Yeah,
0: we're, we are we do our weekly, bi-weekly show, Strange Happenings, and it's just like every single... It doesn't matter. There's always something strange or weird happening. Um, have yeah. you ever had any paranormal experiences or UFO experiences or anything weird like that when you've been out? In you
2: know, have, of the stars? I have not. A couple possible UFO stuff happened. Paranormal. Uh, I don't. So I just stay away from the paranormal stuff. Not your thing. Not, not my thing. Nor do I want that around. I don't want that yeah. bad mojo. You? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you. you're a believer.
1: I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Man. Have you ever uh, had, you never had an experience though? Nope. Why? Nope, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, the more it's almost like get the spider away from me, and the more you say that, the more I'm going to bring it towards you. But what is I guess <laughs> yeah. what what gives you the heebie-jeebies about that more than Sasquatch? You seem comfortable I, uh, yeah. hunting Sasquatch. Sasquatch. I guess is a lot.
2: Cool. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, here's the thing: like, Sasquatch is not a proven thing, right? It's still encrypted. It's it's a It's the research of an undiscovered whatever it is, you know? And then if you look at the Bigfoot community, there's like the whole thing. Oh, it's paranormal. Oh, it's physical. Nobody really knows what it is because you can't find one. Oh, sure. But, but, you know, if like, for me, I'm a religious person and I believe in God and like angels and demons. And, and so I believe in spirit creatures already in that sense. And so, you know, what is a ghost? What is a spirit? Some kind of supernatural force. In my opinion, you know, I think it's demons. Um, and those are very much real. And so it's like, I don't try to yeah. think about it because I don't want them thinking I'm curious in them and mm-hmm. having them come and be intertwined with me somehow you know it's yeah the old saying
0: you look into the void it may just look back
2: exactly and that's not my cup of tea and Mm -hmm. until bigfoot is proven for sure one way or another it's you know physical or not uh i'm pretty much happy and i'm more of the flesh and blood kind of thing because so far the flesh and blood stuff is what i've been experiencing Mm -hmm. good point any more than far more than I've experienced any type of thing. And, you know, it's funny because I, I will say this, I do. There is like an avenue I'm trying to think of, like, maybe a documentary I want to make about it, go more into detail, kind of intertwine the two. Cause like I, uh, I do uh, trying to think of how to word it. (laughs) I do get sleep paralysis sometimes. Like I, I get episodes of that. Yep. And it's it's funny because like you talk to other people sometimes who don't really are not well educated who don't do research like oh it's, no it's like for sure uh, paranormal I'm thinking like no it's it's not if you there's it's like sa- scientifically proven it's just parts of your brain don't connect like they should when you go to bed there's like a I, I'm still gonna butcher it so like rapid eye movement, it's something that happens when you're sleeping. I don't, mean, you know, I'm not even going to try to attempt to explain it, but basically your body's, um, asleep, but your mind is awake.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And so that's why some people hallucinate when they get it and they can't, they get that feeling of like tight chest, you know, like they get that tight chested feeling. Like someone's sitting uh,
0: on their chest and holding yeah, them and down they, and you think it's a spirit or a demon yeah, I think exactly. there is sometimes, or people have like abduction experiences that could be uh, sleep paralysis. You know, it's very simple. Yeah,
2: and because like because what happens when you go to sleep? I think your body shuts off so you don't roll off the bed and hurt yourself. But I, I think a lot of people don't actually realize that because you're sleeping, you just think you're oh I'm gonna I'm, just, I'm not moving myself. But no, your body does that as a safety mechanism to keep you safe. And mm-hmm. so, I think. And it's funny because, like, I, I, my one of my other documentaries unrelated to the sabe stuff, I did touch a little bit about that. Is there a crossover between Bigfoot sightings, you know, as when you're in your tent and sleep paralysis? Do they kind of bleed into each other? Okay, because if you look at like, um, some of the Contributing factors to what causes sleep paralysis is irregular sleep patterns. So, like, you know, staying up at night, not getting to bed a certain amount of times, not having a regular schedule. Um, Kind of like fear, um, you know, kind of just kind of getting yourself on edge, uh, you know, in a way. And these different things, sleeping on your back, those are all triggers that can cause it. Cause you always hear about people saying, no, there's something out in my tent. And I heard it and it was like, I heard like this muffling sound and it was pushing on my tent. Maybe that was sleep paralysis while you're in Bigfoot territory and you're just really sleep deprived and you know, you cause yourself to have an episode and maybe you didn't know you were prone to it. So um, I know, I think there's something there that I really want to go and, uh, investigate more, and it'd be really cool to like reach out to the Bigfoot community and maybe see if there's like something there. Because I, I don't know, I, I always found that to be interesting. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a connection between the two. Yeah,
1: could sure. be. Sure, why not? I wouldn't say no. No, I mean,
0: yeah, I've heard a <laughs> it, lot stranger theories. Well, you said I it mean, earlier it, too. That's more of a logical
1: explanation for it's all, it's all theory. It's all theory Nobody until we knows. figure it out, right? Nobody, so the, I'll, I'll knows. accept. I'll accept anything because I can't reject anything. You know what I mean? So, no, At yeah. this point, I'm willing to entertain a lot, and those are actually, especially when you're That's taking a well put together, yeah, thought yeah. process on it. Like I can entertain that for a while, sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, because it's like not that far fetched. I mean, if you were, if people will believe other people that they had like Bigfoot encounters and they saw orbs and stuff, how much more far fetched is it to be? considering the idea that sleep paralysis could be a factor into a situation like this. Mm-hmm, you right. know, it, And sleep paralysis has been forever for a long time, which is I think the scientific community didn't really become aware of it until more recently mm-hmm. because they didn't know what was going on. And there's no really way to diagnose if you have it or not. It's not like, oh, I got a cold. right. There's, here's the symptoms of
1: it. That's interesting. I wonder if there's ever been any studies done where they actually have had... Say someone yeah, who maybe. suffers from sleep paralysis heavily, like, you know, once a week or this or that, you know, they go in for a sleep study. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've captured or documented, you know, actual sleep paralysis cases because I've had it happen. It's been a long time. It's I've been a
0: while for me, too. Had but really yeah, good moments I
1: of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's unpleasant. It's a weird experience. When you finally can't snap out of it, it's nice, you know, type thing. But it's, it's, it's so,
2: weird. it's, it honestly it's the scariest thing that I've ever had happen to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I, it's unpleasant.
2: But it's at the same time, it's kind of a rush. Yeah. <laughs> in a weird in a weird, bizarre way. I, I think the, the 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 time the worst time that I had it recently, okay, I recently a few years back, but yeah, sure. I was I was like laying down on my bed and I usually sleep with my door closed and locked. But for some reason, when I Damn. woke up, hmm. my my I had my TV on. And I, I go to bed with my TV on sometimes, and sometimes depending on what TV you have, sometimes your TV will be off and just be blue, you know. So my TV went off, and it was just like blue screen the whole time. And I woke up, and my door was open. I was like, okay. And then I saw the silhouette of a little kid running from my door to where the window is
0: oh, okay. across in front of me. And there
2: was a there was a dresser that wasn't there and the kid's like reaching into the dresser trying to grab something. Damn. And I went to yell or say, hey, and couldn't, I could not couldn't. say anything. And the whole thing, it felt like forever, but it was probably 12 seconds. And then I came out of it and was like, oh my God. It's the word. I feel like I was like, Violated by another human being, or something. Well, oh, like like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of like this happens. It's
1: kind of like you have a dream about um, you're late for a test, or you got you didn't show <laughs> for work, or something. You have this really weird dream. Oh shit! I didn't go to school today. I'm not in school anymore. But you have that dream, yeah. and you wake up, and for like a few hours, maybe a half hour, an hour after that, you're like, you still have that gross feeling, the hangover right yeah. from the dream. So with sleep paralysis, it it's even worse ranger cuz you just you just slip right from that to awake and you're like what the mm-hmm. hell just happened? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. What did I just witness?
2: I I love the way you said that. That's 100% right? true. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's that. I mean, I you get why people think it is paranormal and they claim to be sure. out of body experience. Because when it does happen, it's like, what the hell just happened?
1: Right, right. Well, you struggle. <laughs> you'd struggle to find uh, uh, um, some kind of an explanation. I would have. You know, I, I think a lot of different television shows are you know abnormal, unexplained this and that, whatever. Like again, like you have said, sleep paralysis has come up more and more recently in pop culture and and, and, and different shows of kind of exploring the phenomena, but. 10 20 years ago nobody talked about sleep paralysis nobody knew it, that that wasn't even a term
2: mm-hmm. yeah like what the hell is that
1: sleep right. paralysis? oh it's recently kind
0: of just entered the zeitgeist of the internet you know it really
2: has I,
1: which is hilarious
2: <clears throat> yeah no it really has I and mean, like you know people claimed sleep paralysis was like or before it was called sleep paralysis whatever it was called it was like a, like a way of remote viewing the, un- oh, the, uh, the dead or something, something weird like that. Yeah. Whoa. Like seeing the other side because dimensional, I, I think there is ways you can induce sleep paralysis on purpose. And then I was watching this one YouTube video of this guy who gets it pretty bad and he induced it. And when you watch him doing it, nothing happens on camera. But I guarantee you, like when the person is going through that experience, it's weird. Because like my aunt, my aunt has it too, but she doesn't hallucinate when she gets it. Like me, when I get it, I do hallucinate. Mm. It's so weird because some people get it and they don't hallucinate. Some people get it and they do hallucinate. Right. So, so how do you explain it's paranormal if you don't hallucinate? Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's good <laughs> point. It's good I, point. I think so too. Great point.
2: So it's just kind of weird. It's Nobody like, knows yeah. at all.
0: Again, you can try to explain it and have all these theories about it and even scientists, but you know, dreams, we don't know where those come from. We don't really know where consciousness comes from. Let alone how we experience sleep paralysis and what the hell's really going on there. Yeah. You know, I wow, found right. a way to
2: beat it though. Yeah, no, it really is. I found a way to beat sleep paralysis to land on your back as a contributor to it. So I just sleep on my side the whole time.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> left hmm. or
2: left or right side? Yeah, because you' know, I think very I think you can get it, but it's extremely rare if you sleep on your side.
1: Hmm. might be a little bit harder, yeah, I don't know. My arm I know there is some kind of like a uh, uh, stupid fact of like if you want to fall asleep, faster lay on your right side. Could it's be. something about your the brain, blood in your brain, your and yeah, yeah, I could buy that. Some weird stuff like that, or okay. like if you lay on different sides, you'll you'll have different dreams because you're like, really basically like hyper oxygenating different parts of your brain.
2: That when you the way you're describing that reminds me of just like the eight ball magic eight ball yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like that's how my dreams come in, depending on what side I sleep on. Yeah. It just turns and it's like that side this side whatever that's well, kind of funny
1: have you ever had the sleep paralysis where it's kind of like okay so you have the dream and you wake up but you know the moment you fall asleep again you're going to go back in that dream mm-hmm. you ever had that mm-hmm. definitely i've never I mean, i've never
2: it, had that i've been kind of like afraid to go back to sleep cuz i don't want to get it again right but i've never gone back and like Because, like, my dream, I've never had, like, a dream bleed into the sleep paralysis thing. It's always been, like, a separate thing. It's like, I I don't remember what I was dreaming, then I was awake, then I see something, then I can't go back to sleep for an hour, then I go back to sleep and I don't dream.
1: Yeah. See, I'll, like, I'll have the tail end of it. Like, we talked about where, like, you go from sleep paralysis to, like, you're awake and then, like, you remember it and you have the the retention of it. And I'll know, like, God, if I fall back asleep, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up right back in this dream. It's so weird. And I know it's going to happen, and it does. And, again, it's not like – probably been a handful of times, you know, whatever it is. But every time it's like – it has this weird, like, sensation of deja vu associated with it. Like Mm -hmm. just all these weird spidey sense tinglings that you're like, what the F is going on? Mm -hmm. Like – can I just get a good night's rest? Why am I having hallucinations <laughs> yeah, and sleep paralysis yeah. and what is going on? I hallucinate, I would have eaten some mushrooms. Yeah. This isn't even fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I ate yeah. something bad. Maybe I had some moldy bread. Yeah, some you feel Ur- like Ur- Ebenezer Scrooge Ur-Gott in, poisoning. in uh, Dickens Yeah, Dickens <laughs> yeah. story. You're like, was it mustard? Yeah. You know, is that why I'm seeing this ghost of Christmas past? You know, like it, it really does. Why, you start to wonder. Why, what can't
2: be, why can't it be like a hot? girl in my sleep paralysis yeah yeah (laughs) hallucination
1: that that has never (laughs) happened believe me it's always it's never
2: it's it's never some like hot girl like hey what are you doing babe (laughs) you know something like that
1: never with pizza and you know yeah xbox or something like that or a great film it's it's you know
2: playing mario kart
1: it's always
0: something very creepy creepy. why is bigfoot
2: you know, it's all r- it's, it's like John Wayne Gacy teabagging you or something. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: the ultimate nightmare. He was you don't want to be underneath that undercarriage. I'm just imagining that there would
1: have been like a little paint stain, <laughs> like the little white paint, <laughs> like the clown. Old John Wayne Gacy, <laughs> like, the killer like, like, clown little hair marks. Yeah. Look at the,
0: I don't know. Let's not do that. I think it's Earl Grey. Oh, man. <laughs>
2: We just went to a dark place.
0: Fast. <laughs> we got dark quick there, didn't uh, we? <laughs> man, this has been an awesome conversation. We've had a ball, Tate. You're the man. This I is... love it. <laughs> oh man, is there anything else that you want to share with us? You know, while we have you here, um, you know, anything with your research or experiences, uh, you know, lay it on the table. Let, let us know a- yeah. again. Uh, you know, leave our audience with uh, anything that we might have missed.
2: Yeah. Real quickly. So like, I think, I don't know if we talked about it before we started or at, after we started, but the whole uh, Sasquatch uh, search for Sabe, is yes. kind of my thing I've been doing now. Um, I have, what is it? Seven episodes, six episodes out. Part one of the bluff Creek episode just came out. Part two is coming out on the 20th nice. of this month. And then I literally just finished that Southern California thing we were talking about when we experienced a hurricane and earthquake. Yeah. Finished that. That's going to come out December 20th. And then I have the Iowa episode. I'm going to, I'm currently working on that. That's going to come out in January on the 20th. And so that I think after that, that's going to be eight episodes so far that I have of the series. Nice. So I'm pretty happy about that. Very cool. But the name, I want to talk about the name real quickly, the Sabe. Um, Cause I kind of, you know, I, you know, I think uh, I have all these different ideas and some of them stick, Some of them don't. And I think this one really is kind of the best one that I had so far for like an idea. And the idea came from Les Stroud. Cause Les Stroud was doing his whole survivor man, Bigfoot series. And he mentions the word "sabe," and up in Manitoba, Canada, uh, there's a Native American tribe up there. And I think with this particular one, they have maybe it's I'm like maybe it's like different Native American tribes, But there's like what's called the Seven Teachings, and within the Seven Teachings, there's different animals like um, eagle you know, fox, raven, bear, whatever. And each animal represents a different attribute. Like one can represent courage or strength or something like that. But Bigfoot is Sabe and Sabe represents honesty. And I really wanted to do a series that's honest. What you see is what you get. You know, I, I don't fabricate anything. And if you've ever watched my videos, they're very boring sometimes. <laughs> and and that's because that's actually what happens out there in the field it's boring right. you know and we're not there fab- we're not out there fabricating anything or anything like that and so I wanted Bigfoot and I wanted honesty and sabe was the perfect blend And it wasn't until like Jeremiah because it was at first it was a search for sabe and that was just the title then people were like you should put Bigfoot in there somewhere because nobody knows what sabe means so I put Sasquatch the search for sabe so that's kind of where the title of the series came from what the series represents but yeah that's the series so i got a few episodes coming out and then again like i said earlier you can find me on uh search for Sabe on on instagram you can find me on youtube at tate hieronymus h-i-e-r-o-n-y-m-u-s um and you can find me on facebook under that name too so those are my socials again Dude,
0: fantastic, oh, yes. brother! Guys, go check out go check out all those uh, that series in search of sabe. I've never heard of that, so that's right. new to me. I, I love that. You know that it's the you know search for honesty. You know they I dig meet that I need a lot of honesty right that. now. With and you know you do have a lot of people out there just making some shit up. Trying to get YouTube right. famous on TikTok, you know, TikTok and YouTube and and so we respect the hell out of what you're doing and uh, you know, keeping it
1: legit. Just wanna figure out what's going on.
0: Nobody knows. Yeah. Are we ever gonna know? <laughs> we need guys like Tate on the ground.
1: Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully one of them at some let's point. Let's get it going. <laughs> we appreciate it.
0: Dude, we've had a blast tonight. Thank you again for making time to come on, everybody. Tate Hieronymus, go check out Sasquatch in Search of Sabe on YouTube. Heck yes. Uh, go check out Beyond the Trail with uh, Small Town Monsters, and uh, you know, hit Tate up on all the social media platforms.
1: For sure, um, dude. We appreciate the
0: hell out of you. Thank you so very
1: much. Hates the man.
0: Thank you, guys. Awesome, dude. Well, we'll be right back. We're going to give you a proper goodbye. We're going to outro the show, and we'll chat here in just a second. Guys, take Hieronymus. There you go. There you go. Who doesn't like searching for Sasquatch? Uh, Who doesn't? We need to get out there. That's all I know. I really (sighs) wanted to do that Iowa expedition, but some stuff popped up with my family. And, like, that week leading up, I'm like, I got to get either a flight, I got to get hotels. Like, oh, So...
1: Let's Maybe make it happen this night. Tate
0: and year. Jeremiah will invite me invite us on another expedition sometime. But guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Everybody in the chat, everybody at home listening, uh, whether you're in you're in your car or you're on a flight, we appreciate the hell out of all of you, and again, share, like, subscribe, rate the show, follow us on social media. We got the Strange Road merch store, which is launched, fully activated, thestrangeroadmerch.com. There you go. Um, there it is. Stoner's got that beautiful graphic up for you to remind you to hit that notification bell. Uh, if you don't hit the notification bell, you're not going to get notified. If you subscribe it's to just us- how it works. It's- and uh, uh, I guess you know, just the other night, even people that were subscribed and hit the notification bell weren't, weren't getting, getting notified. It. So yeah. sometimes that happens. But to ensure you're getting notified every time we go live or have a YouTube premiere,
1: gotta hit you'll, that bell.
0: You'll be uh, you'll be notified.
1: Yeah, we'll make it easy. Don't all miss all out. So don't miss out.
0: Thank you all again. Love, peace, and chicken grease. We are out. Later. Good night, y'all.
1: Appreciate y'all.